What's up, what's up, y'all? This is your guy, the man, Lita Johnson, your host with the most. Let's have a toast. I'm here to talk 76ers, folks, so much things going on in the game, right? Well, we're going to talk about the folks, the, the Tatum situation, all that. When we get here on Follow the Leader, we are here, you here, everybody wants to be here because we love sports. Now, you saying, what do you mean? What is he talking about? What is he saying? Follow the Leader uh, uh, is talking about folks. and Well, people are saying a lot of things about Markel folks. Like... And they're saying a lot of things about the Jason Tatum draft. I just want to really clarify that point. And we will do that when I come back here on Follow Leader. This is your guy, Lita Johnson, man. We are here on the Follies Podcast. Back, 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 back. Here to talk more sports. Now, I just want to... I don't know, man. I'm not everybody else. I'm not a trend person. I don't follow trends. So, I don't follow what people say. I don't base my thought process on other people. And a lot of analysts do that. A lot of them look at certain things and feel like they could tap into what the popular narrative is. And um, Jason Tatum, okay, he's done great. He's been awesome. He's been the better player in that draft. We go back. We want to talk about things and how guys were rated. So we want to start first from the high school standpoint. What was going on? We can get all into that. Let's start where they were ranked first. And 247. Company I write for. Um, Jason Tatum was ranked number four, and Markel Fultz was ranked number five. Number one small forward. Fultz is the number one combo guard, which means he's dynamic on both ends of the floor. Number one prospect in Maryland. Of course, Jason Tatum was the number one prospect in Missouri. Not that far apart from each other. You know, Raiden's. Um, if you want to be real particular, Fultz was a 9986 and Tatum was a 9987. So, fans, you have to listen and not comment. Because, like, I just want you to know, your analysis on this point, unless you were grading guys or in charge of grading guys, in charge of looking at their games and or, or, or your job was to look at their games. Um it means nothing. I'm not saying you mean nothing. Your opinions opinions are everything. We honor everyone's opinions, but this is where they were at. These are rankings just like draft prospect rankings. In which Marco Fultz was rated in the top five. All right now, you want to go further? There are other opinions. Markel Fultz was ranked number three by Scout, which was two four seven at the time. 
You know, so when he went down to five, it was, it was the changeover from scout to 247. He was number three at one time. Rivals had him at five, ESPN had him at seven. You look at uh, Jason Tatum's whole outlook, whole input. Number four in scout before it was 247 full-time because scout 247 wasn't i started writing for uh 247 when it was scout it was two different things rivals he was number three espn he was number three okay and when they played in the uh together in the usa game i mean markel folds in the fiber games which i gotta say also it's a lot of people when leader johnson talks i run the board you're in my board so if i compare a, a Nash, they say, he, one guy came on my thing and was like, he wasn't in the Olympics when we talk about Villanova. He wasn't in the Olympics. He wasn't in the Olympics. He was, he's on the national team. My man, I'm, I put the same difference. I never, this is, it's a, it's an Olympic competition to me. Still the same as Olympic competition. It's not the Olympics, but it's Olympic competition. Same thing. Yeah, I place it like that. You can be mad because I do it, but that's what I do. Look at them. They play against world World competition, just like Olympic competition. The only difference is they call it the fiber games. And the only difference is that they're not pros on the court. They are the best of the best in college, as they consider it. But they're going to be pros. Like, it's the same thing. They're playing against world competition. Any news, it's a national team. Well, only between the Olympic and national teams, they call it an Olympic. And they, they try to classify it. They call one national they call one Olympic. It's like the world championships. Same thing. They play against NBA just don't play as a collective in the Olympics. They play in other games too. Just like the three on three, which was what I was talking about with Chris Archer Diacono. Jay Wright, the Olympic coach, <laughs> chose the three on three. He chose Chris Archer Diacono, Brandon Slater, and Trey Patterson. They played and, you know, just, just, just to soothe the mental interpretation of a lot of followers. Yes. So, yes, it's Olympic competition. Same thing. Same difference. You're playing against world competition. Same difference. So, I'm always going to say Olympic experience because you get the same experience. Same experience. So, when you come on my board, why don't you put two and two together and say, oh, that's what he means. He means it's the same thing. That's what he means, the same thing. Okay, we know what he's talking about. We know what he's talking about. Like, you can't put two and two together. You can't. Like, what's, I got to some, I tell you, 10% of my followers are dumb. Stupid dumb. They jump on, oh, no, it's, they weren't in the Olympics. We know they weren't in the Olympics. I ain't said they competed in the Olympics. Said it's the Olympic experience. Same thing, Olympic experience. You can put it together and be like, yeah, that's what he meant. That's all you got to do. Same thing. I'm sorry. I'm Lita Johnson. I create the criteria. So if you want to come here and, you know, I just saw that today. Like, it was a whole bunch of posts. And I saw one post say, I saw, what did it say? Say something about they got national experience. They might have been on a national team. Not once did I put Olympic team. Nah. I said they got an Olympic experience. I should have said an Olympic experience. And I could really just cut you up. I could have cut this guy up like that. It's the same thing as the Olympic experience. You're playing against world players. You're playing against world players. 
<laughs> he's playing against other competition across the country. Olympic experience. But I'm sorry. You know, some people, I think a little too fast for him. But all right, let's just go. All right, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz played at Washington. He was he had 23 points, you know, and um, with the with the uh, national team, but he had some Olympic experience. <laughs> yeah, five assists, five rebounds. They won a gold medal. Do you know who else was on that team? Jason Tatum. Yes, Jason Tatum was on that team. Oh, gotta go back. I mean, you gotta think about that because he wasn't on that team. Everybody, oh, they must have been a stupid team. They didn't have Jason Tatum. They just didn't make the team. There was a lot of star-studded guys. He was on the U-17 team. He was on the U-16 team. I'm just saying, like, a lot of things have to be, you know, y'all got to watch what y'all say. Like, this guy earned his keep. Marco Fultz, everything you're looking at, he earned his keep. He could shoot the ball. He could dribble. He could, he could shoot. He could dribble from here. He could, he could, he could pass. He could, I mean, he was, un, he was dynamic. He was dynamic. He worked his way all the way up. He's one of those guys who shot up because he just started working his way up. Markel Fultz was a worker, a workhorse. And you go back to both freshman seasons, okay? Washington didn't do too good, but Duke is Duke, okay? As far as records go, all right? He scored 23 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 5.9 assists, shot 47% from the field, 41% from three, not too good from the free throw line, 64%. Jason Tatum for Duke. 16.8 points. 7.3 rounds, 2.1 assists. Can we get some defensive stats? Can we get somewhere on some defensive stats for both these guys? I just want to have some fun with y'all real quick. 1.6 steals, 1.2 blocks for Fultz. Did you see that? 1.6 steals, 1.2 blocks. Jason Tatum, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks. 45% from the field, 34% from three. My thing is this. What are y'all talking about? Philadelphia, like Philadelphia did his due diligence. And then if you look at the summer league, he played better than Tatum in the, like, the summer league. Fultz was going crazy, averaging 20 a game, crazy shots, crazy moves. It did, nobody was talking this bus stuff until the season came. Markel, you know, he couldn't, he didn't shoot. He couldn't shoot no more. We don't know what happened. Looking at what happened, he had a coach that told him to shoot another way. Then he had a shoulder injury. Then you're telling him to shoot another way with the shoulder injury. This young man had to go through that. Instead of being like Jason Tatum, go in there and figure it out with the skills that you got and do it. Fultz had more complications than anyone. For people to say, looking at how Fultz had a chance, Fultz came up around Embiid and Simmons to where he was the third guy and he had to pick it up. Tatum, basically Boston, he didn't have to do nothing. He had to learn from people. Tatum didn't even have to come in his first year and do too much. See, Jason Tatum averaged around 18 a game in summer league, and Fultz said around 20 a game. Spectacular summer leagues. Nothing in this point at all, like I say, came to the point of where there was trouble in paradise 
Markel Fultz looked like a big three. There was so much hype. Now, his injury, once again, the third rookie injury in Philadelphia 76er. Third in three years. Third rookie. I mean, you know, you had um, Joel and B had two years, and here came Ben Simmons and Fultz. It was just, you know. Now, everybody is like, the Sixers made the... You know, let me tell you why that's a raw deal to say. The Sixers made the wrong pick. That's that's unfair. No one thought that Markel Fultz was going to be like that. What if Jason Tatum turned out like that? Then, like we say, this is the hype and trending train. Everybody been like, oh, man, the Sixers. But the thing is, Fultz was the number one pick, so more is coming down. They wouldn't have came down on Boston that bad. Well, yes, it would have because Boston had the number one pick. And them passing on Fultz. And Fultz turns out to be a star, and Tatum is having these shooting woes because his coach changes his shooting, and he has his shoulder injury. Now, all of a sudden, Boston's looking like they made a wrong move. This wasn't the 76ers deal. There was They made absolutely the right pick. It just turned out to be an unfortunate circumstance. Period. Like, people that are listening to analysts don't even know nothing. Because if you did, you would know it's unfortunate that it turned out like that. But that was the right pick at the time. St- to Stephen A., to Perkins, at the time, y'all looking at these players and you saying Tatum is just unbelievably the right pick after his first, after his year that he had in college in the Team USA. You mean to tell me, in high, in, in high school to college, you mean to tell me that y'all sat there and made this dumb and that's, that's, I know they didn't do that. Because they're smart analysts. I know they didn't say that Tatum was the better player. Because he was not in college. He was not. He was not. The eye test didn't even prove it. He was not the best player. People didn't even say. The crazy part is the the the, the Hippocratic. A lot of hypocritical. Excuse me. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say. There's so many words you can throw in there. Dumb. Hypocritical. Stereotypical. Boat riding. Like, how in the world? Nobody said this during draft night. Nobody said, oh, my God. They didn't pick Tatum. Oh, my God. And it was no hysteria during draft night. None. There was nothing. Nobody said nothing about Markel Fultz during draft night. Nobody said nothing when he was picked like that. Nobody. There, was, there wasn't even, what was it, one person? I missed him. There wasn't even a group. If that group that was doing the NBA draft came together and said that, that would have already been broadcasted for sure. It would have been big news. It would have been Philadelphia's on the watch just because of what they said during draft night. Matter of fact, if they said that during draft night, they would have came back to the actual draft and been like, man, when he got drafted, they did say that was a bad draft pick. Why they didn't get Tatum? No one said this. So now everybody, the Sixer fans, they don't know nothing because they was excited. Hypocritical. Listen, Sixer fans, y'all looking real bad right now. Because it ain't like the the Michael Bridges thing. Now, that was a collective. Sixer fans, it was a collective. It was like, we wanted Michael Bridges. I I can ride with that because y'all stuck together from the draft night to now. I can ride with that. But y'all ain't stick together during that draft night. I don't care if you, if somebody right now is saying, I did, I said it, I, I did. Nobody, nothing. no, you didn't. It didn't get out there. 
<laughs> he was sitting at the house. That doesn't matter. Because when it comes to social media, everybody, it has to be a majority pandemonium for anybody to even care. You don't care if one person said it. If you said it, go ahead, sit in your chair. Sit in your chair. Congratulate yourself. But that is not what the majority said. Everybody was looking at the big three, faults. Three number ones, faults, MB. Penn Simmons, even though MB wasn't number one, he was the number one prospect in their draft before the foot injury. Yes, that's three number ones. I got to explain things to people. He wasn't drafted number one. He was the number one prospect. He was number one. Wasn't drafted number one, but he was number one. I always got to explain things are nuts. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me stop. I gotta, I'm working on myself. Working on myself. But um, it's crazy. Now you look at it now. You look at how Jason Tatum got to sit on the bench and learn from a playoff team. Jalen Brown took him a minute to get to where he's at. Jason Tatum got there before Jalen Brown, but they were bench players. You know, Tatum was getting in there on some starting time, but he got to learn from people. Fultz, Simmons, MB got thrown right into the fire. They were cornerstones from the beginning. Tatum was not a cornerstone from the beginning. They already had playoff players. They already had their one and two best players. They were already a playoff team. So you look at Markel Fultz, who also had a triple-double, youngest player to get a triple-double that year. Nobody wanted to talk about that. That was not going to happen. Now Markel Fultz gets a contract. He's back in Orlando, which could be in jeopardy. It's a big log jam in there, man. They're projecting Markel Fultz to score 17 a game this year. 7.5 assists. 1.7 steals, 5.0 rebounds. They're projecting that. Yeah, I know what Tatum has become. I know what he's become. Will Orlando, you know, it's a lot of log jam in Orlando with Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. Where are they going to go with this? That, that that I don't even know. This coach that that to get them all those guards for what? I just don't. I don't even understand all those guards for what? To say where Markel Fultz has been his first year, he had eighteen minutes, which I say you don't judge a guy if you don't give him thirty minutes a game. You don't give him thirty minutes a game. That's crazy. You don't give a guy thirty minutes a game, and he's a number one overall pick. It was crazy. Another Brett Brown failure. But you look at it, Jason Tatum has got his uh, share of the, you know, when he did bad in the playoffs when they needed him. Of course they came down on Jason Tatum. But when it's, they still love to go back to this, all the sixes. No, they didn't. They didn't make the bad pick. It just turned out unfortunate circumstance. When you're sitting there and you're evaluating players, you're making a, a roll of the dice anyway in the NBA draft. You don't know what's going to happen to these guys. You don't know what's going to happen. They're projecting Jason Tatum to 26.7 points a game, 7.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.1 uh, steals. You look at both of their uh, rookie seasons, right? Folks had 18 minutes a game. Tatum had 30 minutes a game. 30 minutes, 13.9 points. 30 minutes, though. He got 30 minutes. Got 30 minutes. I mean, how fair is it to judge somebody that didn't even get the same amount of minutes? You didn't even give them the time of day. Like, it, it, it was, I guess Brett Brown wanted to 
just 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 take it easy with them. No, this is you're looking at an average of 35 minutes a game. You give him 35 minutes that year. This is off of per 36 minutes. He averages 14 a game that year. Easy. Easy. Right? But then you look at Jason Tatum and what he did that year. Shot real good. 47%. 43% from three. He got his minutes that year, whether he was on the bench or not. But they wanted Jason Tatum to start. Started 80 games that year. He got the rightful experience in the rightful minutes. They were so excited about Jason Tatum, they plugged him in. Folks wasn't like that. They treated him like a, a, a science experiment. Like, it was crazy, man. Let that man go play basketball. So, folks leaves, right? Folks leaves. Which is right for what do you do? So, he goes the next year. Folks is traded. It's a big thing. Folks is traded. Looking at this team. Um, it's real unfortunate. Because Fultz had 14 games his first year, right? But then he had 19 games the next year, and he was started 15, 8.2 points a game. You know, um, once again, 22.5 minutes. He gets 13 minutes a game. You know, he gets 13 points a game if you let him get his per 36. Not giving him the ball like a guy. He should be getting the ball 13 times a game. How many times did Tatum get the ball the second year? 13 times, 13 attempts, 13 attempts. He averaged 15.7 points, shooting good from the field. Regardless of this, y'all talking about these shooting percentages, you give this man a chance to make those mistakes. He averaged 10 attempts a game his first year and got 30 minutes that means you're around the court, you're around the offense, that's how it goes. 7.9 attempts his first year, 8.2 attempts his second year. This is a travesty. You're not even giving this man the potential to know this team, to jail with Embiid and Simmons. It was a bad coaching decision by Brown. Now, next year, time to make some trades. He played 72 games and started 60. He averaged 12 points a game. Shot 46% from the field. Okay, we got the 26% from three. We all know we need to do that. But the man was scoring. Five assists, 1.3 steals, 3.3 rebounds. The next year, he averages 12.9 points. Not shooting so good. He only had eight games. Injuries have been a big problem his whole career. Next year, he only plays 18 games. He was out. He was out. Three games started because he's working his way back. He still came in to average 10.8 points and 5.5 assists. 1.1 steals. My point I'm trying to make is here, when the man gets time, and he got a contract, got a good contract. When he played 72 games, they gave this man a contract. He was a difference maker. 
26% from the... I'm not taking that for 26% from three. We all know that. Okay. But he shot 46% from the field. He scored. He's a guy that can get to the line. He still hasn't got that 30 minutes a game crack, though. Still hasn't cracked 30 minutes a game. But in Orlando, listen, he got his time, man. He got his time. He showed a lot. He had big games. He showed a lot. He showed exactly what he's supposed to show. But at the time of the draft, because I'm giving everybody credit, at the time of the draft, that was not a bad selection. That's exactly who they were supposed to get. And if Philadelphia would have put the same dedication that Boston put into Markel, uh, that Boston put into Jason Tatum, it would have been different. He was hurt. He had the shoulder injury. There we go. And he played 19 games. Started 15 to 19 games. Eight points a game with Philly. Then we go to the third season. He shows this. If he was able to, if he was with Philadelphia, he shows the same thing he showed in the 2019-2020 season. He would have got the ball more times. He would have shot more times, hit more times. Been different. In the 2020-2021 season, he was hurt. All right, he was getting his minutes. He was getting the time to shoot the ball. But he got hurt. These are the unfortunate circumstances for folks, him getting hurt. Those are the unfortunate circumstances. The, the, those are the real unfortunate circumstances. Right after that contract year, he gets hurt. Eight games to the season. He shot 46% from the field. We're talking about the three-pointers, but he also dished out five assists. Only averaged like two turnovers. He's not a turnover-prone person. It's not what he does. Markel Fultz. Still young. Now, we're going to see what happens. I mean, Markel Fultz finally came back with 18 games left. But at the time of the draft, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that was not the wrong pick. And the reason why I'm saying this is because they come down on Philly like, y'all don't know what y'all was looking at. Y'all evaluated the wrong talent. What are y'all talking about? What do you... Go look at the college... Go look at before they got to the NBA. Who was the better player? There's no question that Markel Fultz was the better player. There's no question Markel Fultz was the better player before they got to the NBA. Markel Fultz, unfortunately, just like MB, first two years, hurt. Then an unfortunate injury comes, just like a lot of people, you know, got couple of stars that have dealt with injuries that, that, that make their next two seasons bad. We can go on record of guys who got their contracts next two seasons. Wow, injury prone. I really look for a big year out of folks this year. I don't want nobody to be all on his tail when he do good, man. It's just crazy. At the time, this is the whole thing it is. At the time of the draft, that was not a bad pick. Now, who would I pick now if you go back? That's kind of an unfair judgment. Yeah, I picked Tatum right now. Because if I if you give me a crystal ball and say this was gonna happen to him, yeah, I'm gonna pick Tatum. This, this is retarded. But before the draft, no. There's no question I'm not getting Chasing Tatum. Not even and the first thing is, is I'm throwing him in there. Like, 
he's getting 30 minutes from the jump. I'm not putting 18 minutes because once he was healthy, he was able to play 30 minutes a game. Same thing in Philadelphia. Listen, once he's healthy, you give him 30 minutes a game. Let him do his thing. Let him stay on the floor. So on that point, that's that. Now, I want to talk more. Look, I'm always on some Villanova. Goodness gracious. I like to answer a lot of my... Um, I was talking about the Villanova's bench, and I said, Archie Diakono, Olympic experience. I'll go back to it. Um, Dre, Dre Pass, Olympic experience. Brandon Slater, Olympic experience. Um, and some people going to say, why don't you say Cam Whitmore, Olympic experience? Why y'all say... Well, it is sort of like it is. It is. But I won't transfer that more. It is Olympic experience. You go and you play against world players, it's Olympic experience. In my opinion, that's Olympic experience. If you want to come technical, you can go technical. But I'm going to go what I put there because this is world competition they're going against. But this is college when they're playing against. These are all different levels of players. Because when the NBA plays, guys, they're playing some guys that were in the NBA and then other guys that are with certain teams. They played on national teams before they got to the Olympics. There are NBA players who play on national teams before they go to the actual Olympics. So it's all Olympic experience. So anyway, Chris Archidiacono, yes. The best basketball IQ on the team, yes. He does because he doesn't have all the physical gifts of everybody else. You know, sometimes you're, you're smart, but your physical gifts also get you out of a lot. And Chris Archidiacono was able to play and guard you with some physically more gifted guards um, and, and still be a contributor, still be smart, still not make mistakes, still have a good shot, still always stay on the court and play hard defense. He's Archidiacono. So, yes, yes. And Olympic, yes, he had the Olympic experience. He could have easily chose anybody else. Jay Wright knew he was choosing. I got to explain this to people. You couldn't go in there and say, well, he's saying that probably because they played with. Nobody could say that. Like, oh, oh, oh. Raising, you know, you know, a teacher tell you to raise your hand. Oh, oh, oh. Hold on. They're not. That's, they didn't play in the Olympics. Because you even go look up some people. You even go look up some players and it does have Olympic experience there and they actually have the actual Olympics that they played. So I can see why people think that. But why is Leader saying it? Why is this guy saying it off his own? words why is he saying what he want to say i don't know why I, i'd rather follow people why don't he just follow people i'm sorry i can't do that but yes rtd Ekano, trey patterson and um the first guy the other guy rtd Ekano, trey Pat, and jordan longino those are going to be your first three guys rtd Ekano is going to be able to, to help uh mark armstrong chris brizzy and uh, uh brandon housing on how to incorporate with the with the villanova way how to play right basket. He's going to really be a good teacher there. You need vets like that. Now you got Trey Patterson, who came and enrolled early, who can help, who's, who's, who's been helping Longino, who's been helping Njoku. Okay, I heard a one guy say, how does Njoku have tournament experience? What is wrong? Y'all got to go look up stuff now, man. But I'm doing, this is when you got to listen to the podcast. I'm tripping real hard because, oh, God, Jesus. Just go look up the players, y'all. Gosh, it'd be some stupid people. Just go look up the players and look up and see if they have any minutes in the in the tournament. If they have any minutes played in the Big East Conference tournament 
or the NCAA tournament. Just go look. If they have any minutes, if it could be one, it could be two. When you get on the floor and have to play and have to play in that atmosphere, that's experience, baby. When you sit on that bench and see the whole, that's another thing that's added, you know. But mine is based off them actually getting on the floor during the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. But you can also base it off guys who have sat on the bench and haven't played but watched the atmosphere, watch how players play in the tournament, just like the playoffs. But I base mine off of, strictly off of, if you got any minutes on the floor, the coach say, all right, we got we got two minutes left. Junjoku, Patterson, Longino, get on the floor. And in that instance, they get the whole atmosphere. They get to be on the floor during the tournament because the game, like I always say, is 90% mental, man. You get on that floor, you get to feel the, feel the vibe, feel where you at. It's also different from sitting down and just looking at it, which you do still get, how, see how players play, see how the coach coach, see what the coach want, see how teams play, see how amped they are. When you're on the, but when you're there and you're playing the vibe and the energy of the tournament, hearing the crowd, you know, seeing the crowd, being there, people who ain't never played no sports ain't even going to know nothing. They're not going to know nothing. They're going to be totally dumbfounded. You ever been to a game when it was a tournament time in the high school game or any game? How about a college game? You ever been to one? You ever been to NBA playoffs? These guys, listen, it, 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 costs, it don't cost nothing to be smart. It costs nothing to be smart but your dedication. Real, like it, it costs nothing to be smart but your dedication. It costs nothing to learn but your, your knowledge of actually doing so. Just like it take, you know, it don't take nothing for you to sit there and just comment off something you don't know. You just, oh, 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 what do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, go look. Go guess it. Just like you can up here and, you know, you don't even know nobody. You don't know nothing. You just can up here and comment and root. You got to be better than that. Uh, Chris, uh, Trey Patterson's going to be real good on the bench, man. Like, I can't wait to see this guy get down, man. He can rebound. They're like, what did he do? Everybody, oh, what did he do last year? <laughs> so, I'll explain that one because some people at home, they look to just look. Like, if you ain't scoring 20 points, if you ain't scoring 10 points, they don't think you're nothing. Trey Patterson, when he got in there, he played the right way all the time. Played good defense. He got a couple of rebounds, but it was two rebounds. He went in there and got him a rebound. Um, Trey Patterson showed he can be physical. Yeah, nobody saw him play defense. If nobody saw him play physical and, and box people out for rebounds, if nobody saw him hit a three-pointer last year, nobody saw him drive in, nobody saw him post up last year and get a point, if it was two points, saw how he moved around the court. If y'all can't judge Trey Patterson off of this, how did y'all judge anybody else off the bench? How did you judge Colin off the bench? Colin didn't get crazy minutes. He didn't get crazy minutes off the bench. He played the right way all the time. He had more minutes. He played the right way all the time. I mean, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, he only had like one game. Like, he had 15 minutes one game, okay? 15 minutes one game, he only had, uh, and that was against LaSalle. You know, he had five rebounds. He had the one game, you know, where he did score five points. He had a three-point in that game. Two for two from the field. He had seven minutes. 
Nobody looked at when these guys, no matter what, when they got in, did they contribute when they got in? Did they do something? Did they play minutes? Did they do something? You, you can't judge a man off four minutes a game like he didn't do nothing. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. The first game of the season, he had two points, one for three, eight minutes. When he got in there, he was a, he, you know, he, he was a clog, you know. When I mean by a clog, you're a body. You put your hands up. But they, like Jay Wright does, he's not rushing people in there. He's not rushing nobody. Everybody knows. Jay Wright talked about this guy a lot in practice. He enrolled early. They have been they have been talking about this man for a minute. But leave it to the fans. He ain't nobody. Because he ain't came in and scored 14 points or 10 points. This is unbelievable. If he averaged 14 minutes a game like Colin did his freshman season, it'd be different. But they already had guys getting those minutes. Here you go with people. How come Longino was able to, because he's a guard. He did a guard. What are you talking about? Caleb Daniels was getting those minutes. Caleb Daniels played the three. He played in the front court. Longino was a good guard, and Archie Diakono, they needed those guards to give Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore, you know, some back time. That's it. But, you know, Longino's shot-making ability made him get those chances. The the fact that he could score on people. The crazy thing about Longino was it's the same thing with Patterson. Except he, just, I mean, he only scored 1.8 points a game. But there were games where he got more minutes, so he was able to display things. People got hurt. Antoine was hurt. So he got a little bit more time. But it was bad games by Longino where he had no points. Shot 32% from the field, 30% from three. Didn't miss the free throw. I mean, what are we talking about right now? Like, I don't, I don't get. I know y'all saw a lot of exciting things out of Longino, but you know that's what they like. I said this is guard you. They move guards around to the three. They move threes to the four. Like this is how it is. They want Patterson. To, they didn't need Patterson. A lot of people said we need the size. Well, Wright didn't feel like he needed the size. So look what he played. It wasn't people not ready because that, that sounds crazy. Like, like no, it's who he felt like he needed at the time, who he wanted to develop. He wants certain players to develop, certain players. Okay, look, you're doing this. I need you right now. Especially when you need outside shooting. You need your guards to shoot. Chris getting time. Longino getting time. Antoine, all of them are recruited guards. There was a lot of hype on Njoku, right? When the season came in, right? Then Njoku did a good job. But Njoku didn't get the time everybody thought he was going to get. Then Njoku had some good minutes that showed some good things, just like Patterson. But I need to stop that because not all people know how to look at basketball. They don't. They're, they're looking at, look, if he ain't scored 20 points right now, if he ain't hit seven points every night off the bench, we ain't messing with him. He just coming in. Oh, he about to come in right now when they're putting the bench players in. None of them guys are ever going to play basketball, so who he's playing against is nobody. I mean, come on, man. Like, I have to stop. Like my guy Rod Hampton said, stop even arguing with these guys. 
Shout out to Rod Hampton. That's RJ Hampton's dad. That's my guy. Stop arguing with these guys, man. These guys don't know what... Listen. And I know why. I know why now. Um, Let's go to Longino. Longino's going to be great. He's going to be the best go off the bench. Straight from Philly. Dynamic. Microwave score. Can pass the ball. Length. Can, and he'll be bagging up the three next to Whitmore. Now, he's not going to be down there at the uh, backcourt position. He, he's long enough, has the length to play that position. He will play that position. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him at the guard sometime, but that's not where he's going to back up. Archie Diakon will be the two. And they got Brizzy. This is all, I mean, this is all big here. If you really are looking at just how good uh, they can be, look at Brizzy. Brizzy's a heck of a guy. I think we don't, and I got to give some apology. I know it's a lot of sensitive people. I, I don't try to down anybody. I'm just telling you what, what the deal is and what I think and, and what should what I think should happen. And Brizzy's a dynamic. I, you know what? Brizzy, I can't wait to see him get on the floor and show his, like, show what Villanova has in two-point guards. Like... This is a good two. This we ain't had guys like this in a long time. One to back up that's just as dynamic. That can be, I mean, just as impactful as Armstrong. I see it. Brizzy can get in there and start and do things, do big things, have good seasons. Brizzy, they have two starting point guards. Brizzy can start for this team right now, right now. Armstrong just a better player. He showed it. Um, that's a good four guard rotation. If, if more comes back. We're going to see some guys take a step back. And I think that would be Brizzy. But it all depends on who's playing the best, to be real. Who's who's playing the best before Moore gets back? Will Brizzy outplay Armstrong? Moore comes in there with, with Daniels. Or is it going to be Brizzy and Armstrong? Because Armstrong can play one, either guard position, and you put more in there, and then Archie Diakono gets the lesser time. He's sitting back there with housing. Is that going to happen? I mean, they are they are stacked at guards. You put more there, that's a six guard rotation. I said about Brandon Housing. I think with uh, Moore gone, he gets some time to shoot that rock. <laughs> he has a deadly jumper, so it's going to be some sets in there where. Neptune going to see it, where they need to put that man in there. And Archie Diakono can shoot the ball. No question. Looking at Njoku, man, I just think that once Neptune looks at all this talent he has, I mean, look what he did with Fordham, man. Like, Jesus. When he looks at all that talent, Najoku is going to really be a good backup to um, to Eric Dixon. Like, because he's more physical. You know, as, as physical as Dixon is, Najoku is heavier. So, when you battling a, a super talent that you got to – I think Eric Dixon is a super talent. You can, you can guard him. You got to guard him from the outside. You got to guard him from the inside, mid-range. He can take you off the dribble. He can bang you in the post. He's a good rebounder. He's an improving defensive player against bigger players. 
that are bigger than him. So now, after you've been dealing with him and you're out of breath, you got to deal with Njoku. Or maybe your backup center got to deal with a guy like Njoku. I think Neptune should take advantage of the, the, the size differential he has with Trey Patterson, Njoku, Dixon. Dixon's 6'7", six, six, 255. 255 is never easy to handle, especially when you're 6'7", 255. So that bench is just stacked. Like, no joking, coming in. If, if Neptune does his bench right, for one, the automatic guys are going to be Archie Diacono, Longino, and Patterson. Those are going to be the automatic guys. Automatic. You got three guys you can go to off the bench. Three, for sure. Three. Then you got Njoku and Brizzy. You got a, you got a point guard and a big man. That, that's great to have two big men, two point guards on your team. You can come off the bench and put another big man point guard tandem on your team. This is going to make them good. I mean, and for people to, to down the bench, just the, what are you downing the bench for? You got a top 100 center. You got a, you got a guy that was almost a five-star in Trey Patterson with the experience, playoff, uh, tournament experience, Olympic experience, and now playing experience. Then you go with uh, Longino. He has the playing experience. The tournament experience didn't come this year, but the plan, but he did get tournament experience when he played in Big East Tournament. So, you know, you just got to look at and put it all in perspective, man. I think this is a real good thing to look at. And what do I think Brizzy and Njoku do? Depends on what Neptune chooses to do with this team. If this was Jay Wright team, I'd say Brizzy would get some time. And I also would think that Brizzy would have a chance to start more. And before you racist people come out, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. Because it's, it's, it's a lot of people. I saw somebody put Chris De- Arthur Diacono up. And I say he has the best. Yeah, so I'm out, y'all. This is Lita Johnson. Follow Lita.